Welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast. I'm your host, Mike McGarry. I'm here in our online studio with my dear friend, Anna Mead Harris. Anna is the Senior Director of Content, not just the Director of Content, she is the Senior Director of Content for the Rooted Ministry. Uh, She's the mom of three adult sons and the author of God's Grace for Every Family, Biblical Encouragement for Single Parent Families and the Churches that Seek to Love Them Well. Uh, That book is releasing in March of 2024, so just a couple months. It's coming out through Zondervan. So look for God's Grace for Every Family by Anna Mead Harris. Anna, thanks so much for joining us for the conversation today. Oh, Mike, I'm so glad you asked. This is fun. It, it is. It, we've hardly even started. Um, we've been talking for a while, probably too <laughs> long before pressing record. Right. Um, it's always a blessing to see your face, even on a screen. You too. Um, so we're going to be talking today about um, ministry to parents of teenagers and how can youth workers um, really just meaningfully partner with parents. Before we dive into that, it's always fun for our listeners to get to know our guests a little bit. So Anna, tell us a little bit about your first car or first car accident or speeding ticket or uh, first car stories are always really fun to hear. Well, my first car story is going to kind of reveal what kind of a spoiled brat teenage girl I was. I learned how to drive on a very old Buick station wagon, the kind that awesome. had wood paneling. It yes. was canary yellow with wood awesome. paneling, and that probably dates me. Uh, <laughs> Did it have the way back row seats where if you sat in them, then you were facing out the back window? The way back and the way, way back is yeah, what we call yeah. that. And the way, way back faced backwards. Yes, yes, those were the best. And and how we did not get car sick riding around <laughs> hilly Birmingham, Alabama, where I grew yeah. up, in, riding backwards, I have no idea. Yeah. But, but I was going to inherit this Buick station wagon that had about a million horses under the hood. That thing could move. It had a big old engine. And I went on my 16th birthday to the DMV. I got my driver's license. And then my dad, who had taken me, said, we're going to stop by your grandfather's house. We drove into my grandfather's driveway and there was a white two-door Buick Regal with balloons tied to it. Mm -hmm. I said, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. That, uh, my grandfather worked for a car dealership. Yeah. And he had gotten me a used white Buick Regal that had plush interior, red plush interior that was so thick that you probably sank three inches (laughs) down into it. It's like shag carpeting. Oh my gosh. And, and my uncle Ned, my grandfather's brother, had taken the car and gotten a whoopee horn installed. <laughs> for those Can of you, you please give us an example of what that might have sounded like? So <laughs> it's 60 different tunes according to the buttons you push. <laughs> Get out of here. For example, 
the Woody Woodpecker theme. Na 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 na. Oh my gosh. And and it played all the fight songs. Of course, it played of course. Yeah, yeah, Alabama. Which, you know, being a kid from Alabama, I was glad to be able to play that. But it would blast it out oh, into my the goodness. world, driving around. So I had this car that was fit for someone who was approximately 60 years older than me, right? <laughs> With this plush interior that was so much smaller than that big old station wagon. And it it had a wimpy engine and it had a whoopee horn. And I was crushed. This cool car I was going to have got sold to pay for this car that I thought that my grandmother should be driving instead of me. But we did drive around playing Name That Tune with the whoopee horn. So, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I love this story so much. It, it, was, it was great fun. And I drove it for six years until it started, you know. Did it ever grow on you or was it always just this, like, I can't believe I'm driving this thing? It was always, I can't believe I'm driving this. I mean, it really was not a car (laughs) that a 16 or a 20 or a 22-year-old young woman would want to drive. And the doors were so heavy. Those really long, heavy doors. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, I built muscles just opening the car door. Um, (laughs) And you have to make sure you don't get your, like, leg or shut anyone's hand in there because it's that finger's coming off right yes yes that is um so it was it was me being a spoiled brat that i was not excited about having a (laughs) new used car i mean i had a car right but i just i thought i was gonna have something that was kind of retro and cool and instead i had something that was just colossally uncool it is no 16 year old dream girls dream car I'll put yeah, it <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. So, yeah, it, it was it was fun, and it was a it was a car that was given to me, and I, mm-hmm. I am retroactively grateful. <laughs> yes, yes, retroactively, love it. Yes. Uh, hey, so we're we're gonna pivot here to talking about partnering with parents, uh, even parents who give you uncool cars to drive, <laughs> um, and so. Um, Anna, for quite some time, you've overseen Rooted's ministry to, to parents and to youth workers helping to oversee their parents. Can you, um, before we dive in, can you just share a little bit about Rooted's, um, emphasis for, for partnering with parents and family ministry? And, um, yeah, why, why are we, why are we talking about partnering with parents? Well, Rooted has five pillars of gospel-centered youth ministry. And Mike, you have written for us article after article after article about these five pillars. So you could probably talk about them more easily than I, but uh, they are gospel centrality, theological depth through biblical teaching, relational discipleship, partnering with parents, and intergenerational integration. And really, we think these are the components that will help youth pastors establish a ministry that will really be effective in reaching reaching teenagers. And we feel like there is a strong theological reason for partnering with parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the verse that always gets cited uh, is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, which all of you who are listening are very familiar with. But the shorthand version of this that we like to say that that you hear in Christian circles is that parents are the primary disciple makers Mm -hmm. of their children. 
And so that's why it's absolutely essential for youth workers who are trying to disciple teenagers to work with the parents because yeah. the parents are the frontline workers and yep. the youth pastors support them. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, so, so this is more than just like a good idea or a functional thing that we do, right? Like, and this one of the things that, that rooted and I, right? Like there's this consistent emphasis on partnering with parents is more than important. Right, like it's it's necessary if you want your ministry to be a biblical ministry, and you're ministering to the next generation without really genuinely truly valuing a partnership and collaboration with parents, then you're missing something. Um, so talk talk a little bit about like the the importance and essential nature of partnering with parents. Right. So so because of this mandate in Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And with these words, I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. So right there, scripture is setting disciple making within the family framework. Mm -hmm. And he's speaking to parents here. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. And what this verse is acknowledging is that the parent-child relationship is the closest, most loving relationship that that happens in a child's life. It The first primary attachment that every human being has is to their mother and their father. This is mm-hmm. God's design. And that bond is profound. And God, it's just the most amazing thing. The way he causes a parent to love a child mm-hmm. before they're ever even born, that attachment is so incredibly strong. Secondly, once the child is born, this is the person who does ordinary daily life, as yeah. the verse acknowledges, yeah. with the with the child. And so the disciple making that is going to happen is going to happen through the course, you know, of sitting and standing and walking and, you know, um, cutting up vegetables for dinner and driving to soccer mm-hmm. practice and all those things. That is how discipleship happens. And so a wise youth pastor is really hoping to come alongside a parent who has already been. Yeah discipling a child since their very earliest days, praying with them, talking about, um, you know, the scripture, making decisions based on what God's word said and talking that through with the child. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the youth pastor is, is really just coming in and swimming alongside yeah. a parent who's already done it. Now, it is interesting that scientific research bears this out. Mm-hmm. That that the parent is really the greatest influence. I know that you're familiar with Christian Smith's research um, yeah. in his book, Keeping the Faith. And he writes that the good news is that among all possible influences, parents exert far and away the greatest influence on their child's children's religious yeah. outcomes. In almost every case, no other institution or program comes close to shaping youth 
as religiously as their parents do. Now, we're going to get into encouraging you yeah. because youth pastors, you have a, a tremendously important role. So this is not to negate what the role that you do have. Um, but, but the youth pastor's role is a supportive one and anything they can do to build the parents up in their own confidence in their ability to disciple is time mm-hmm. well spent. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. All right. So, um, I think we've both right in your role with rooted, you, you've talked with a lot of youth pastors over the last few years, um, who are curious about this question. Um, you know, I, I have two. And so it is one of those regular things that thankfully a lot of youth workers are waking up to mm-hmm. a lot, like pretty much every youth ministry organization, um, every youth ministry conference, like pretty much everywhere you go in student ministry today, they're talking about the importance of parents' ministry um, and of inter- integrating students into the life of the church, right? So they're like yes. pretty much across the board. People are finally waking up to parents and the church, not just the youth ministry, um, which is wonderful and great, right? Amen. We, we've been trying to, we've been calling <laughs> it on the rooftop, so. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so so this is good, right? This is this is good news. So so partnering with parents isn't a new emphasis in youth ministry. So it's interesting. Like even um, a, a while back, I was doing some research on the history of youth ministry, um, <laughs> and I found this book that was published in the twenties, like the nineteen twenties, um, and the way they talked about student ministry even back then, it sounds like it could have been written like in the last few years. Which really? is, yeah, super interesting. Yeah. Um, and so even they were talking about the importance of partnering with parents and yet no one was doing it. Mm. So, um, why do you think partnering with parents is so rare and so difficult? Right. If, if we've talked about it for the last hundred years of student <laughs> ministry and it never really caught, uh, what are some reasons that, that you've seen or heard? that makes it difficult for youth workers to meaningfully partner with parents? Well, first, I will say that that my my experience with youth ministry initially was as a parent. So I, I did not begin this particular work until my oldest child was about 16, 15, 15 or 16. And so for me, I kind of had to wonder, why is it so hard for youth pastors? I'm not going to bite. <laughs> you know? yeah. Why is it so, so hard? So, so in my work with Rooted, I've really had my eyes opened to how difficult this really is difficult for youth pastors to do. And I think there's a lot of reasons for this, um, just from what I've heard talking to youth pastors. Number mm-hmm. one, youth pastors are crazy busy. Um, a lot of youth workers are volunteers. They have, mm-hmm. uh, they have other jobs. Some, many are bivocational. So yeah. they're, they're, you know, splitting their time between two different jobs. Or if they are fortunate enough to be full time employed by a church, they might also be the worship pastor or, yeah. you know, a small group leader or pastor or they, you guys, have so much going on and you're juggling so, so much and very few youth pastors actually just get to disciple youth. And that, 
That is it. So, so many of you just really have to divide yourselves already. And so then to divide your ministry between further, the limited time you have for ministry between kids and parents, it probably just feels overwhelming. Um, I think also youth pastors can tend to be on the younger side. That's not Mm -hmm. always true. There are There are folks like you that are lifers, and I'm so grateful for people like you, Mike, because you just bring a whole new depth to to ministry to to teenagers. But but a lot of youth pastors are quite young. My 26 year old son is a new youth pastor, and he's yeah, he's very aware that he he doesn't have teenagers. As a matter of Mm -hmm. fact, he's not married, so. He feels really awkward right. telling parents how to, to disciple their children. Now, I would argue that he's not trying to tell them how to do their job. Mm-hmm. He is there as a support, someone to pray with, to, to listen, to advise from a younger person's perspective. But no youth pastor is trying to tell a yeah. parent how to parent their child. And yeah. so don't take on the burden of thinking you're being asked to do something you're not being asked to right. do. Um, right. I think also youth ministers don't always get as much respect as head pastors. Mm, and, you don't and say. Associate pastors <laughs> and people with fancier titles, partly yeah. because of the youth, often they're working on their degrees while they're pastoring. The mm-hmm. kids. Sometimes they finish seminary, but sometimes not. And uh, and you know the attitude that we often hear around rooted is the youth minister is there in that job as a stepping stone to being you know the big show the the yeah. head pastor and and that's just unfair um, because God may have called somebody to be a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. I mean, God has called you to be a youth pastor. And that may be the calling for the length of your career. Um, Mm -hmm. Whatever the case, I think that youth pastors are overworked and underappreciated, even in their churches at times, or even if they are appreciated, their work isn't always a priority for busy families, right? Mm -hmm. So youth pastors are working against the family schedule. So getting youth group on the calendar and and the kids actually, they cannot, you cannot disciple a family's teenagers if those teenagers are not in church and they're not in youth group and they don't have time to get coffee with you. Mm -hmm. You can't disciple them if you don't have time with them. Right. And so I, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that a youth pastor has is simply impressing the importance of participation in the local church on on parents. I think that's one of the hardest messages you have to get across. Um, Mike, you've been a youth pastor. I haven't had, <laughs> have not, but those are some things that I've heard. Yeah. Is there anything that you would add there? Uh, um, off the top of my head, I guess there's, I think based off what you're, the last thing that you said, sometimes mm-hmm. you're, you're not trying to raise, you know, another parents kid you're not trying to tell them how to how to raise their kid but sometimes it can feel like i don't know how to say hey i'm glad that jimmy is 
really enjoying football, um, it's probably important for him to be in church too. Mm-hmm. Football yeah. season's over. Now he's still just like training for football all year long. Um, how is Jimmy going to continue growing in faith if he's never at worship and not really coming to anything? Right? How do you say that without it being finger pointy, without it being accusational, um, without it coming off like you're telling another parent um, that they're failing mm. and that they're yeah. spiritually failing their kid? Right. Um, so instead, you kind of just swallow it. <laughs> and um try not to be resentful. I don't know. Um that's my purely hypothetical um <laughs> feedback that I've heard from other youth pastors who've right. struggled with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, so like that's that's a hard one. It is a it is a hard one. And I will say as a parent who had uh kids who were super involved in extracurriculars. Mm-hmm sports and debate and all kinds of things. I, I really fell prey to allowing them to sometimes prioritize those things over youth group and even church on Sundays. I, I I urge youth pastors to have empathy that parents don't necessarily realize or intend to choose football over Jesus. Right. <laughs> we don't often think of it in those stark black and white terms. And in fact, Jesus is bigger than right. a parent's maybe faulty decision-making. So mm-hmm. we, we don't have to parent perfectly and we don't have to lead parents or minister yeah. parents perfectly. But um, parents are doing the best they can. And having compassion for us as we really do try to make the best decisions for our children is, is going to make it easier to come to you when we Mm -hmm. are in desperate need or our child is in trouble. Does that make, does that make sense? We need, we might need more grace than your, than the teenagers do. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess that's what I'd say. So as I'm, as I'm even chewing on this purely hypothetical scenario, I'm just thinking like, how can we have that hard conversation? Um, because if we actually want to partner with parents, then you don't just brush that off, right? Like if from the yes. outside, if you see it, if you see something concerning happening and you actually want to partner with the parent, then you gotta, you gotta talk to them and just say shrugging yes. your shoulders or complaining, but not yes. saying something. That's not a partnership. Right, like if you love right. them enough to partner with them, right, then partner with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you come in guns blazing, that's also not partnering; that's overtaking. So, like, right. how can you approach the conversation in a way to say, like, "Hey, you know, um, Jimmy's dad or Jimmy's mom"? Like, like, how, how do you say, like, "Hey, um, I, I know football season is a lot. Um, Jimmy's doing really great. Really proud of him." Um, I'm just concerned, like how how can I best support Jimmy and your family to continue growing in in the faith during football season? Because I know it's so busy. I know it's a big commitment, especially for him. Um, do you have any ideas of how how can how can I and the other youth leaders 
help Jimmy prioritize his relationship with Christ during this busy time. Because they can, that, that's, that's an invitation. It's still, it, it prompts them to reflect about how are they taking the spiritual lead and you're offering to help and to, to be part of the conversation. Yeah, that's a, right? that's a really humble way to approach it. And it is acknowledging their primary role, but it is also perhaps exerting in the most gracious way possible just a little, you know, acknowledgement of the fact that Jimmy is not coming yep. to youth group. And You're prompting them to recognize the problem. Right, right. But not in a finger-pointy way, but in a, a reflective way. Yes, yes, in a very in a very gracious way. And I will say uh the youth pastors in our church when my kids were growing up and and I know this is one more thing for youth pastors to do. Yeah. But going to the football game? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. with and I had boys go to the ballet recital if it's a girl, whatever, you know, or the um maybe she, whatever she does. Um music recital, uh, there is so much fruit with the parent and with yeah. the child. Yes. If you can swing some of those extracurricular mm-hmm. events. And, you know, you can sit with the parent in the bleacher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and have some conversation after the recital. And mm-hmm. I just think that you are, that is relational capital. Even if you don't get a chance for a long conversation, maybe, you know, after the dance recital, it's, hey, Sally, I was so proud. I want to hear all about how you prepared for this performance. Let's Mm. get coffee on Tuesday. Um, You know, you or with the mom, you know, man, I can see how much work Sally has put into this. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get coffee and just hear about your journey with her dance, you know, or whatever it is. I just think that can go a really long way and it's part of the nebulous and difficult and never ending work that is youth ministry. Mm -hmm. But but that is a place to put some time. Yeah. I I was, I I was never really particularly good at that. I'll I'll confess. Um, But I do think that taking as much interest as you can, going to their stuff as much as you're able to and really putting yourself out there. And if you're a really introverted person and, um, social stuff like that is really awkward. I, I would just encourage you to push through it that as much as you can and just be awkward and that's okay. Um, yeah. Because yeah. if, if you only want them to come to your stuff, but you, you're never willing to come to theirs, what does that say? And they're not stupid, right? They can, they can get that. So mm-hmm. if you're willing to go to their stuff, um, that, that's an expression of care, and I see you. That that really is valuable. Um, all right, so I, I think we could probably keep going on that. I want to say one more thing. Last thing. Say one more thing. That that your presence there is indicating that Jesus is part of all of life, and Jesus is not just part of the life that we live mm-hmm. within the four walls of the church, but that He's at the football yeah. field. And, yeah. and your care is not limited to what happens at church. Yeah. So 
Yeah, yeah. that's good. Very good. Very good. <laughs> All right. Um, so what are, as, as youth workers think, kind of think through their own ministry and the ways that they partner with parents, uh, what are some questions that youth workers should be asking themselves to honestly evaluate their ministry to parents, not to be too harsh and mm-hmm. not to give themselves a free pass, right? But what are some questions that youth workers should be asking themselves to honestly evaluate their ministry to parents? All right, just spitballing here. I think a few things that would be helpful would be to just say, how connected am I to the parents? Mm-hmm. Do I ever get FaceTime with parents? Do yeah. I meet with parents? Do I have their cell phone numbers? Can I text parents? You know, um, mm-hmm. when I communicate with them, how clear is my communication? Yes. If I'm getting lots of questions about my emails or my text blasts or whatever they are, then maybe I really need to proofread or I need to get somebody else on staff or, or a friend to... Uh, or if I'm never getting any feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that yeah. too, yeah. That's that's true. Um, and no one's reading any of it, right? Like, you is know, it not landing? It's such a fine line between an email that has way too much information mm-hmm. And doesn't have enough information or communicating three times a week or communicating three times a semester. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, it's really hard to know what the yeah. right amount is and different yeah. contexts are going to be different amounts of and kinds of communication. But how clear is that communication? How frequent or mm-hmm. infrequent? Um, and, and really, I would say lean on the parents that you do have connection to and get them to give you some feedback, ask questions. Yes. Say, am I not getting anybody to sign up? Why am I not getting anybody to sign up to help with the retreat? Mm -hmm. You know, and and ask them for honest, honest feedback. Um, I think another question is, do the parents know that I support them? Do they feel like I am a resource? Do they feel like I'm on their team? Am I, am I really a partner? And some of the things we've already talked uh, about yeah. convey that, that, you know, we, we don't want youth pastors to be the outsourcing of spiritual development. We mm-hmm. want to be clear that we're partners and do yeah. the parents in my ministry of the kids in my ministry know that I'm here for them mm-hmm. and for their kid and I'm available. Uh, those those are just some that 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 came to mind. And again, when my kids were in youth group, I really felt like our youth pastor had an open door. If I needed him, I could get in touch with him, and I could get a meeting with him. And I felt like he was on my side. And he conveyed that in a lot of small ways, in addition to that, you know, that weekly email that came out and the occasional text telling me that, mm-hmm. wow, this child really gave some great answers today in youth group. I really, yeah. you know, was excited to hear or, you know, what this child prayed in youth group. Mm-hmm. And I can tell he's, he's really sad. And yeah. I, I, I just wanted you to know I'm with him in the sadness, whatever it may be. Letting parents know that you see their child in any yes. way that you can. Yeah. Uh, am I doing that? Mm-hmm. That's those are the things that come to mind for me. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so I think the genius of your answer, frankly, is like 
really simple. But do you ever actually hear from parents? <laughs> right? Like if you're never talking to parents or hearing from parents, either in person or in the hallways at church or over text or social media, like if you're never actually communicating back and forth mm-hmm. with parents and all the communication is you to them, then maybe something is off. Yeah. 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 That yeah. that's that's there's your litmus test right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. It's so simple and strikes me as rather obvious, but I hadn't really thought of it that way until you just said that. So yeah, that's really good. That's good. Um, all right. So um, one of one of the last questions I have for you is uh, I'm thinking about two two types of youth pastors uh, who are listening. Um, mm-hmm. One is the young youth pastor uh, who's in their early mid twenties. Uh, you were talking earlier um, about your son Mac, and uh, right, the, how how can those youth pastors meaningfully uh, partner with parents? Uh, the other is that maybe the volunteer youth leader. Um, mm. So they're not the lead youth pastor. Uh, they're a faithful youth leader. They love the students in their small group um, and in the ministry, but they, they hardly have time to even attend uh, and, and prepare for a youth group. Um, how, do, how do they invest, not just in the teenager, but also in the parent, right? So what does, mm. what does partnering with parents look like for the young youth pastor and for the volunteer? Oh, well, I get it. I actually was a high school English teacher. And so I interacted with parents a lot when I was 22, 23, 24 years old and was very intimidated by the fact that I didn't personally have teenagers. But here's what I will say. A youth pastor, no matter, or a volunteer, no matter how young you are or inexperienced or strapped for time that you are, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit yeah. has led you to this work. Yes. And so the Holy Spirit can reveal things to you. The Holy Spirit can give words to say when you go into a meeting with a parent and you're thinking, I have no idea what I'm going to say. The Holy Spirit can equip you for that. The Holy Spirit can give you wisdom from God that you don't have through experience. I mean, the the danger for an older parent or a older youth pastor is that they're they're advising and leading out of their experience rather than leaning on the Holy Spirit, right? So there's a mm-hmm. pitfall on the on yep. the other end of it as well. Yep. And I would say let your sense of desperation and inadequacy drive you to prayer yeah. and to uh, seeking the that? Holy Spirit. And he absolutely will give you what you yeah. need. Yeah. And, you know, ministry is not something that anybody can do in their own strength or intelligence. Ministers, above all, need to be weak before God. And mm-hmm. so whatever it is you feel you don't have to do the job that he's called you to, well, just consider yourself right where he wants you because mm-hmm. he's going to give you what you what you need. Um, a little more practically speaking, 
if you're young, um, you have insight to the culture that a parent does not have. And you can translate just a little bit that, um, you know, a parent is not able to see. They're also a little more or a lot more emotionally invested in that child. And yes, they know your child, that child, their child better than you do. But you see something, you see that child from an angle that they cannot see. And God gave you these things. So don't hesitate to say, well, this is what I see in youth group. This is, this is the child I see in youth group. The child that you say never speaks at home will not hush when they get to youth group. Okay. This is information. I don't know Mm -hmm. what God wants us to do with it, but this is information that you and I can talk about. Yeah. In how, how to love this child well. Um, another practical thing I would say, Lean on your volunteers if you have them or yep. if Lord willing, you have them. If you have, you know, parents who are volunteers in your youth ministry and you really don't know how to help a child or how to help a set of parents, they can, they can possibly advise you. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're a resource for you. And so, yeah. so lean on those volunteers and ask for their help and wisdom and prayer. Mm-hmm. So. Those, those yeah. are just, those are just some thoughts I have, but I, I would never ever let that sense of inadequacy be something that would disqualify someone yeah. from ministry. The Holy Spirit yeah. can work with, you know, we can bring him our widow's might and boy, mm-hmm. watch what he does with it. Yep. Love that. Um, so as we, as we wrap things up, could you offer maybe just a few easy steps for how youth workers can begin to strengthen their ministry to, to parents? Like, what are some real practical things that every youth worker can or maybe even should um, be doing in ministry to ministry to and with parents? Well, the first one I, I think is the most practical at all of all of them is that your your relationship with Jesus is always priority number one. And you can't do anything until until you've spent time with him in prayer, in the word, uh, in worship. Um, and, and you're ministering from your weakness and inability. That humility will put you in a posture before God to receive what you need. Um, and this is going to help. God will create in you a non-anxious presence that will minister to to both um, the anxious, anxious parent, because, you know, parents are terrified. Yeah. They're terrified. So, what do you mean by non-anxious presence? A presence that is able to listen and respond with, with the hope of the gospel and the peace that we have in Christ to mm-hmm. even really dire situations. That you know the kids in our ministry are stru- our ministries are struggling, yeah. and the parents are struggling right alongside with them. So mm-hmm. parents are going to need you to trust in God for them and with them when they're struggling to do that. That that is, I think, one of the most helpful things any friend or minister or, or support can be is just 
someone who has their eyes so firmly on Jesus that 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 we are trusting him no yeah. matter what things look like, no matter what the circumstances, no matter the decisions that have to be made. Because when we sit with someone who is really, really worried about their child, mm-hmm. if we keep our eyes firmly on Christ and what he's done and the hope of, of the cross and um, our justification, our sanctification, if we have all of those things in view, then the Holy Spirit can use us to align the parent back to focusing on him instead of the child. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A really, really anxious yeah. parent is going to be focused on the child. Right. Understandable. Totally understandable. Yeah. And if you are focused on Christ with an eye to the child, you you can help the the spirit can use you to bring them mm-hmm. where they're really, really seeing Christ in yeah. in this situation. Um I, I just I think to the extent that you can continue to offer hope and that you can believe in a sense, alongside them or almost for them when they can't believe. That's really good. It can be a real encouragement to, to, a, to a hurting and anxious parent. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think practically speaking, back to your question, um, yeah. just spending time with parents. I think setting yourself maybe small goals, really small goals. Text mm-hmm. a different parent each week. Mm. Just text a parent. Yeah. A parent whose kid isn't necessarily in crisis, I would say to the extent that you can make relationships with parents when the child is not in trouble or there isn't an emergency or a crisis, then Mm -hmm. you can be a whole lot helpful, more helpful, Mm -hmm. because you have a sense of the family, you have a sense of the child's place in the family, the sibling relationships, the family dynamics when there is a crisis. So so just that, that weekly... Hey, okay, you know, go down your roster and just, hey, how's it going? You know, just didn't want anything. Just wanted to see how you're doing. You may be opening the door to a big conversation. You don't even know it. Um, But if if nothing else, you're just laying a little a little pathway that they can walk back to you when they need you. If they, um, you know, as we can I jump on that real quick? Yes. So I I think that is incredibly important. I don't know how you can partner with parents if the only time they hear from you is when they when you want them to sign up for something uh, or when you want them to volunteer to do something for you and the youth group or if there's a problem. Mm. Right? And, and those are the three reasons why we usually contact parents. Mm. Right? We want them to sign up and they miss a deadline or there's one coming up. We want them to help, you know, bring food or serve food at youth mm. group or there's been a problem. Um, if those are the only times that parents hear from us, then how is hearing from the youth pastor any different from hearing from the school vice principal? Right. That's oh, never, wow. that's never a fun, that's never a fun call to get. Right. So don't, don't become the vice principal. Um, <laughs> right. If, if you want to partner with parents, they need to hear from you more than those three times. Sorry. That's a really big, like, 
thing that well, <laughs> I try to uh, encourage. No. But, a- a- yeah. Amen. Yeah. But, you know, who do you call in your church when they're when mm-hmm. you need somebody? You call somebody you already trust. Yeah, you don't right. call somebody you barely know. Yeah. And so that's... Or where that. every conversation has been a request or a correction. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really good. See, you should be doing this podcast instead of me. No, 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 no. I'm um, just... I'm just <laughs> adding on to what you said. No, that that is that is uh that's really great. Um another practical thing. I think I would avail yourself of any organizational tools that you can just because you have a your currency your best currency is time, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to spend time with people. That's another yep. rooted pillar relational discipleship and you need to spend time with the students and you need to spend time with your parents. And so to the extent that you have organized your time and you are free to be with the people that you need to minister to or that you want to have a relationship with, I just think it's really, really important that you have a good handle on your time and -hmm. your responsibilities. And the other thing I would say is I would lean on organizations like YPT, Youth Pastor Theologian, and Rooted to help you cultivate friendships in ministry. Because I think that's where a lot of the best ideas come from is mm-hmm. talking for other pe- with other people who yeah. are doing the same thing that you're doing, the same work that you're doing. And it may be that you never do things exactly like your buddy Mike in um, the Boston area is doing them, but his approach gives Mm -hmm. you ideas and the Holy Spirit can use that friendship. And it helps you not feel so alone in the difficulty of of partnering with parents too. So those are just some practical things. I'm sure you've you've got some good ones too. All right. So Rooted has a ton of resources on this. So can you share a little bit about... um, the the rooted blog, the uh, podcast, and the the reservoir curriculum for parents. Um, can you just walk us through that briefly as we as we wrap things up? And then I want to yeah. I want to hear a little bit about your book so that people know to pre order it too. So, oh, yeah. um, can you share a little bit about the ways that rooted can be a good resource for youth workers? Yes, we have a blog that produces. Uh, two new articles a week for youth pastors and two for parents. So the idea, our partnering with parents is so much a, a part of our DNA that we produce a lot of content for you to share with parents. Yeah, and really we do, um, you used to be involved with the monthly top 10 articles for mm-hmm. youth pastors. Uh, Mike started that at Rooted. Um, and we also have a parent top 10 for parents that is, it comes into your inbox once a month. It's neatly packaged, so you can just forward it. You yeah. don't even have to do anything. But that is 10 articles from across the internet that we think are useful for parents. And it also packages all the content that has been on Rooted over the last month for parents, uh, articles and podcasts. So mm-hmm. we have um, the Rooted Youth Ministry podcast where you're going to hear about how to partner with parents. And then we have the Rooted Parent Podcast that you can share with your parents or listen to yourself if you want some insight. Yeah. Um, we have a YouTube channel and we also have um, curriculum, family discipleship curriculum, which are courses, video courses, 
each accompanied by an inductive Bible study that are on topics like um, discipling teenagers in the home, um, parenting in an age where pornography is rampant, uh, social media and gaming curriculums. And so those are all things that you can use and share with your parents um, that will help you mm-hmm. sort of equip them. Yeah. To do, and I would, and I would do, even say, even if you don't have time to be the one to lead that group, you can maybe recruit one of the other parents in your ministry to use the rooted parent curriculum to host some really meaningful conversations and Bible study time during Sunday school or a small group or something like that. Absolutely, yeah. We that is it is packaged for that very purpose. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, awesome. yeah. So that's what we have on rooted. Um, and, you know, we, you can contact me, Anna at rootedministry.com. If you have any questions or need some guidance about the resources that we have, I would love to hear from you, connect with you. All right. So time is short. Uh, can you give us a, um, a 30 second snapshot of, um, of your book that's coming out? So uh, a, a short pitch for God's grace for every family, biblical encouragement for single parent families and churches that seek to love them well. 30 seconds probably is definitely not enough time, um, but give us a little snapshot of what that what that book's about and where can they pre-order. This book is intended. And we're really- going to have you back on the podcast to talk specifically about, about that topic. So oh, for listeners who are listening in and for you. Um, I'll, yeah, it's I'll- really important. And obviously for reasons that we'll talk about on that podcast um it's a topic that's near to my heart so yes what's what's this book about so it comes out of my experience of being a single mom and so i address two different audiences single parents men and women and uh the church alongside and each chapter is about a particular challenge that single parents face and how scripture responds to that particular challenge and really how the church can respond. So it is it is intended to provide both the comfort of scripture, but also help people have some practical ideas of how they might support single parents. But it's for both audiences. So everybody can listen in to what I'm saying to each one and hopefully it will be helpful. Oh, it will be. Yeah. Uh, well, the the short excerpts that I've been able to, to see um, and just being your friend, that so much wisdom. So, Anna, thank you for for joining this this conversation, for sharing your wisdom. Um, you've shared already how people can be in touch with you, and uh, I hope that people will be. So, go uh, find Anna and check out Rooted's uh, many resources for helping you to partner with parents. And um, as always, uh, thanks so much for listening to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast. Um, again, if you like and uh, share and subscribe and do all the social media podcasty things that people say, um, yeah, we really appreciate that. So, and, and we really appreciate your ministry to students and your ministry and your intentions to uh, partner with parents for the sake of the next generation. So, keep your eyes on Jesus, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast. YPT's mission is to empower youth workers to pursue theological depth because we're committed to inviting students into a faith that's big enough to grow into. You can learn more about the ministry and other resources we offer at youthpastortheologian.com 
And you can find us on most social media at Youth Theologian.